0: Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Soterios Johnson. More and more people want to travel sustainably. And in this episode, we unpack what makes California such a phenomenal place for doing just that. We start with Kine's Traveler CEO, Jessica Blotter, who highlights eco-friendly lodging options across the Golden State.
1: They have their own reusable water bottle program, which I love. Refill stations throughout the hotel, charging stations for electric vehicles. So this is really a hotel that is doing it all when it comes to kindness to the environment.
0: After that, Oksana and Max St. John of the sustainable travel blog Drink Tea and Travel tell us about taking an electric approach to the classic California road trip. We rented a Tesla. There's so many chargers all over the place. In terms of that, it was very straightforward. And Ida Collar-Vincent of Ocean Connectors shows us San Diego's wild side from birding and biking to a whale watching and citizen science tour. That's all coming up on California Now. Sometimes a vacation is about more than just you. My next guest says traveling can also be about doing something to benefit the people and places you visit. Jessica Blotter is the founder and CEO of Kind Traveler, an online travel agency that sets you up to do exactly that. She's here to tell us about Kind Traveler, as well as a few California destinations that showcase what sustainable travel is all about. Welcome to California Now, Jessica.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor.
0: Oh, thank you. So, you know, I'd like to spend some time better understanding how Kind Traveler works and how people use it, starting with where did you get the idea for it?
1: So I was on a vacation in Belize and uh, I was I was with my now co-founder. And we witnessed a lot of poverty and environmental despair. Specifically, we saw um, families living in shacks uh, next to some polluted swamps, and we saw a lot of emaciated dogs um, roaming everywhere. And for us, um, being animal rescue volunteers here in the United States, um, we had a really hard time just turning a blind eye to some of the despair that we witnessed. So we had an experience down there that changed us and changed the way that we thought about travel. Um, specifically, um, we decided to feed the dogs as they um, had approached us begging for food and unintentionally got other travelers involved with this experience. And um, we loved how um, that feeling of giving back um, actually just you know made us feel. And we started to think about Asking ourselves the question, um, how could we perhaps use our background working with startups and passion for entrepreneurship and travel um, to perhaps create a way that might Mm. make it easy for travelers to give back to meaningful charities that are on the ground connected to the health and well-being of destinations?
0: So you had this revelation kind of that people want to have this, you know, a positive impact when they travel. So then, so how did you realize it?
1: So we workshopped the idea around and we came up with this idea for a give and get hotel booking platform. And the idea would be that we would motivate travelers to give back um, a small donation, um, minimum of a $10 donation or more. And then in return, as a reward for that donation, they would get exclusive offers and perks from hotels that are participating in our program. Um, and then through that model, through the give and get model, 100% of donations would go back to the charity, which then in turn would create a triple win between the traveler, the hotel, the charity, and then, of course, the destination as well. And so we were really ripe for it. Um it took us four years to build, and then we launched it in 2016 as the world's first socially conscious give-and-get hotel booking platform that empowers travelers to give back to communities that they visit.
0: Mm. So, so this is basically kind of like a way that travelers can uh, can donate to uh, causes that you know the money's going to go directly, 100% of that money's going to go directly to these groups on the ground in those areas that are doing important work.
1: 100%. Yeah, and that that's really within the value alignment of what sustainable tourism and regenerative travel is. You know, it's really about harnessing resources um, from the travel industry to support communities and environments that are in host destinations. And so um it's it's really the premise of that and so we're sort of pouring all these putting all these things together and and creating a way to make it easy for travelers to feel good and um, we know there's a lot of research around giving back and how that's connected to trip satisfaction and, frankly, how it can be challenging to give back or make a positive impact in a meaningful way once you're already on the ground in the destination. You know, not everybody wants to volunteer. A lot of people suffer through what's called traveler's guilt because they opt to do nothing. And clearly, um, there's a lot of you know, work to be done and no shortage of causes to address.
0: Right. I mean, what if somebody did want to volunteer? Do you help them find? You know, say you want to spend a day of your vacation somewhere, uh, and you want to, you know, use your time to to do some good. Is that something that you do as well?
1: So, with every um, booking experience on Kind Traveler, you're going to learn about this a local charity that's been vetted that um, is the opportunity for positive impact. And Kind Traveler is going to measure exactly what that $10 donation will do. And Um, really quick. I mean, $10 can do some amazing things. I mean, it can clean up 250 pounds of trash with the Russian River Keeper up in Sonoma County. It might provide a day of care for a marine mammal patient with the Marine Mammal Care Center in LA. So we'll tell the traveler first um, what that impact will do. We'll also educate them on why you should care and why that's so important to the community. But then there's another section called how you can travel kindly. And it's really For those that want to go beyond the donation and learn about experiences that will support these nonprofits, um, some of them being volunteer experiences that they can perhaps get involved with um, while they're on the ground in the destination, and we'll list those types of opportunities on the platform.
0: Got it. Okay, so you know, and as you as you help you know connect people to places that embrace sustainability and kind of match. Uh, what folks care about. How do you find these hotels and destinations? I mean, what's special about them?
1: Yeah. So we look for hotels and destinations that are also embracing sustainable values. So um, one key indicator in in finding those types of places are looking at um, sustainability, like transparent sustainability policies that might be listed on a destination or within a hotel, um, within their website already. So we kind of start there. Um, California, there are so many um, wonderful places throughout the state that are already embracing sustainable travel principles, such as Lake Tahoe and Mm -hmm. Sonoma County. So, um, our work here is um, really well, well primed and positioned because we have so many hotels and industry players that are, um, very much already on this journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to talk about those uh, those spots in California. We're going to hit those in a minute. But before we go there, I-, I was wondering if you could tell me, like, who uses Kind Traveler? Like, who's, who's a typical repeat customer?
1: We see a lot of families using Kind Traveler, um, I think largely because when you look at sustainable travel and giving back, it, it is a learning opportunity for children. So kids have an opportunity to learn about why giving back is important. And if there's a beach cleanup or something that might be offered by the nonprofit, it's a chance for parents to then teach their children about you know, what their donation dollars are doing, how they're being put to work, and why that's so important to creating a sustainable future. Um, we also see... A lot of interest from millennial and Gen Z travelers. You know, they're growing up in a different era and certainly have uh, expressed a lot of interest in sustainability from a very young age. And so um we do have a lot of um, traction and interest um, with with those types of travelers
0: hmm. all right. so let's talk about some sustainable destinations. I mean, I hear California is a leader in the category, actually. So let's start in Lake Tahoe, a destination that really champions eco-friendly travel. Uh, Do you have partners there?
1: Um, You know, Tahoe is, you know, they're known for their water, right, 99.99% pure, um, Mm -hmm. which is an environmental success story I should share. Um, But there we work with Edgewood Resort in South Lake Tahoe as well as Plump Jack Inn in North Lake Tahoe. And um, travelers can find exclusive offers from both of those hotels when they support Take Care Tahoe, um, which is an organization that is actually made up of a collection of more than 30 environmental organizations, inspiring others to take action and preserve the beautiful natural environment of Lake Tahoe. So they also offer a wide array of interesting events that you can get involved in while you're there. Like you can Um, Go to there's a science speaker series that they have going on this summer where you can learn about the power of bees and other topics such as the microclimates of lesser known varietals of wine. So all sorts of things that you can do there. But um, I think that Kind Traveler offers a great place to discover these types of charities that are doing uh, interesting work and also provide opportunities to get involved while you're there.
0: That's great. Okay, let's do another spot in California, maybe somewhere along the Central
1: Coast. Ah, uh, San Luis Obispo, perhaps. Travelers um, wanting to visit the Central Coast can check out Hotel Slow. Um, it's really the perfect home base for visitors to explore the attractions of the area. Um, when you're booking with Kind Traveler, you'll have an opportunity to support the Surfrider Foundation, San Luis Obispo Chapter, which is a nonprofit dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans and beaches. Um, So another thing that travelers will enjoy about Hotel Slow is its eco-friendly hospitality. Um, They have their own reusable water bottle program, which I love, um, refill stations throughout the hotel, charging stations for electric vehicles. So this is really a hotel that is doing it all when it comes to kindness um, to the environment um, and communities. While you're there, if you want to have an experience, you could sign up for a beach cleanup with the Surfrider Foundation Slow Chapter. Or if you'd like to have your own independent beach cleanup and don't really want to stick to a schedule of any sorts, um, a new program that launched this summer that I love, it's, hosted by the Central Coast Aquarium, which has a great program for anyone who wants to do a spur of the moment beach cleanup. Um, So they have a beach cleanup corner where you can go and grab your supplies. And then when you return, they will teach you how to sort the waste collected as well as track what's been collected so far. So you'll learn about some really unique measurement aspects of how the waste is being recycled and utilized and perhaps upcycled as well. And so that's a really uh, unique experience, especially for family travelers that might want to also teach their children about, you know, how to get involved with cleaning up our oceans.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that would be a great kind of uh, event to do with kids, kind of like to to get them into the swing of things. And, you know, we should say Hotel Slow is, uh, you know, that's S-L-O for San Luis Obispo for people who don't know.
1: That's absolutely right.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's hit one more destination, your choice. Where are you taking me?
1: Sure. So I absolutely love Sonoma County uh, up in Sonoma Wine Country. They have um, so many ways that you can easily favor sustainable travel. I mean, first, the fact that their 99% of their vineyard acreage is certified as sustainable. So, hmm. um, so many wonderful things to do, including um, one of my favorites as well is just kayaking down the Russian River. Um, such a great experience. But um, we have A variety of really incredible hotels in Sonoma County, some like Farmhouse Inn, we have the Flamingo Resort and Spa, the Sandman, Timber Cove even. And when you book through Kind Traveler, you have an opportunity to support a variety of charities, some being Farm to Pantry or Charlie's Acres or about five other nonprofits that we have on the ground in that destination.
0: Mm-hmm. And what what are some of your favorite ways people can get involved when they're in Sonoma County?
1: Check out Charlie's Acres Farm Animal Sanctuary, which is a nonprofit dedicated to rescuing farm animals who were abused or destined for the dinner table. They offer some really cool experiences like sheep meditation, if you've mm. never heard of that, uh, but <laughs> no. also goat yoga and just a really uh, some really really just unique opportunities to connect with animals in unexpected ways.
0: Mm. So, you know, besides staying at one of these hotels, what are some other ways the average person can become a more eco-friendly traveler?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about the way that you travel, the transport. um, So thinking about how to lower your carbon footprint when you actually travel. So thinking about how can you perhaps get involved with Public transport? Are there trains that you could take? Is there an opportunity for an electric vehicle? Um, those are some of the things. Walking, you know, choosing places that have good walkability. Um, so you're not driving around the entire time. Um, those are some things, just looking at actually how you travel. When you have to get on a plane, um taking one direct flight versus a flight with lots of layovers is better for the environment. Um, so those are some of the things. Um, this is a, a really long conversation we can go into. Um, a couple other little things um, it's you know pertain around just embracing a mindset of um leave no trace, you know, pack mm-hmm. in and pack out. Very simple. Um, Let's leave destinations better than before we arrived. And let's, you know, shoot only photos and leave nothing but footprints. Those are the types of things we need to be thinking about.
0: That's all really great advice. Jessica, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Jessica Blotter is founder and CEO of Kind Traveler, online at kindtraveler.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. I want to tell you about an interesting clothing company called Doer. They make clothes for the way a lot of us live today. Doer makes pants, for instance, that you could easily wear while biking to work, and you'd still look great at the office or at a nice dinner that night. Oh, and if you wanted to go rock climbing on your lunch break, they'd be perfect for that too. Now, my first reaction when I tried their jeans, shorts, and polos was, this is high-quality stuff, maybe too nice to wear out in the wild, but if you want to feel stylish and comfortable, even when you're out roughing it a little, you should check them out. Also, since this episode centers on sustainability, I should mention Doer is big on plant based fabrics, not synthetics, and on designing clothes that last. ShopDoer.com is the website. That's shopDuer.com. ShopDoer.com. If you're curious about sustainable travel, you might wonder what an eco-conscious California road trip looks like. My next guests went on exactly that kind of adventure, journeying from wine country to the Tri-Valley region and down the coast of Ventura. Oksana and Max St. John run the award-winning blog Drink, Tea and Travel. Oksana, Max, welcome to California Now.
2: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Thanks for having us. Yeah, So, so to start us out, just briefly, how did you first become travel bloggers?
2: Yeah, that started a long time ago now. So um, we first became uh, travel bloggers back seven years ago now. Um, and it all started with just a little hobby, a little blog to write about our travels and kind of grew into something bigger. And now it's a full time business. Uh, we're full time travelers. We, you know, travel the world, write about it and tell our stories um, through our blog and social media channels.
0: It's kind of like a lot of people's dream to do something like that. Was it scary for you guys? I mean, what was it like?
2: Yeah, we are living the dream. It was a big, scary jump at first. You're leaving the nine to five behind and the comfortable. But we're pretty excited. And we kind of started off as just taking one big sabbatical and, you know, a year of travel or whatever it may be. And that that was seven years ago. We never looked back. So it, it worked out pretty well for us. It's not for everyone, but we absolutely love it.
3: And and to be fair, we were travelers beforehand as well. So when we did decide to quit our jobs, we were actually living in Australia at the time. So by no means were we homebodies that had never left uh, Canada before. We were avid adventurers before. It just
0: was a natural step forward. Right. Made it a little easier, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, So how did you decide to focus specifically on sustainable travel? I mean, what, what was that light bulb moment that that they just say like okay we're gonna go in this direction?
2: So what happened was we started noticing the impact that travel has on the destinations we're visiting and on the uh, environments that we're you know going to to see, and we basically realized that you know we can be doing better as travelers and we can be uh, trying to be more sustainable in our travels, and and so that's kind of how the idea came about, and we just became. More and more conscious of what we're doing and the impact that that our travel was was having on on the environment.
3: I think we were just dabbling at first. We weren't really into that uh, that mindset and that that place in life. Uh, but like Roxana said, we we just saw we just saw the impact that travel had on communities on countries, on the environment, and it was just a, it made sense, you know, it made sense that if we have a voice that people listen to, we might as well promote that voice to travel more sustainably rather than to travel aimlessly, so it was just Mm -hmm. a natural progression, it was just something that felt right, and it's felt right ever since, Uh, Mm -hmm. we focused on sustainability
0: probably for the last five years, uh, and it feels great. Right, right. So, and and you were in California recently. Um, can you give us kind of like an overview? I mean, how long were you here, and uh, where did you go?
2: So we were in California for about two weeks total. Definitely not enough time to see. <laughs> even a sliver of, uh, of the region. Um, but we started off in San Francisco, and then we made our way to Sonoma County for a couple of days, uh, spent a couple of days in Tri-Valley region, and then um, drove over to the coast. So spent a couple of days in Monterey County, and then drove down Highway 1 all the way down to Ventura. So we kind of did a little bit of the Bay Area and a little bit of the coast.
0: That's great. And you know this this is being a, you know an eco-conscious road trip. How did you get around?
3: Well, that's the most exciting part of the road trip. Uh, we rented a Tesla. So nice. we thought what better way to visit California than to drive a Tesla in the, you know, the, the state that brought us the Tesla. So it was a really cool experience. We've wanted to do that for quite some time. It was only the second time we'd actually been able to do a road trip in a rental car. So we're really excited to see what that experience would be like in a Tesla and
0: overwhelming success. Mm-hmm. I mean, did it take any kind of extra effort to arrange that, and uh, was it worth it? Look, I would say that the booking process
3: was very straightforward. Uh, there are obviously less availabilities and only some cities that you can rent uh, electric cars from. But you know, when you're talking about a lot of the major cities in the United States, uh, that isn't too much of an issue. And then planning your trip, there's so many chargers all over the place. It felt like. We could have stopped every you know, 20 or 30 miles for, for a coffee break at a Starbucks or some other uh, parking lot. And there was Tesla superchargers pretty much anywhere you looked. Uh, so in terms of that, it was very straightforward, uh, not difficult at all. And actually kind of gave us a reason to to kind of pull off the highway sometimes. That was actually a pretty good perk of that.
0: I have not driven a Tesla yet myself, but I would imagine it must've been a fun car to drive.
3: absolutely it's it's funny because you know uh coming from driving maybe a sports car before you get into a tesla you don't you look at it you don't think it's this super fast and advanced car you know because we had the model 3 it's the quote-unquote basic version of the car but that thing has some serious pickup and speed (laughs) uh and just some real cool tech inside of it so you know the autonomous driving uh, is very cool and yeah we 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 loved it
0: that's great. So so you started out in San Francisco, as you said. Um, just briefly, what are like one or two places that you just have to recommend for people to visit?
3: Just to go on the same line of talking in terms of electrification, while we were in San Francisco, we discovered that you guys have a very cool ride sharing slash moped sharing system there. So we mm-hmm. actually rented a electric moped
0: um, that yeah.
3: had helmets in there for both of us. And we were able to jet around. All of San Francisco, going to all the stops, the piers, on an electric motorcycle, in essence, or a little scooter. And right. uh, that was a very cool experience. That was something we weren't expecting. And it was a really cool way to uh, to get around and see all the sites that you guys have there.
0: Any, uh, any uh, San Francisco spots that come to mind uh, that you'd recommend to friends? Absolutely. Got to go to a
3: Golden State Warriors game. So we were super <laughs> lucky. Uh, it was uh, round one of the playoffs against Denver and, and we were in town. So we were super lucky to go down and, and check out the new stadium they built there in San Francisco and watch a Golden State game. So that was a pretty big thing off the bucket list item for me being a big NBA fan.
0: That's great. So so after San Francisco, you went up to Sonoma. Um, what stood out there in terms of of sustainable travel?
2: So Sonoma was probably one of our top destinations in california we just loved everything about sonoma um it felt like everything there was done sustainably so we didn't have to mm. you know really search for sustainable restaurants or search for sustainable wineries uh, it seemed like everyone was doing sustainability and that was just kind of how they do things there um so we had a great time there we had um some fabulous uh experiences at wineries that are, you know, organically farmed and um, have biodynamic certifications and all this great stuff. We um, had some fantastic meals at the Barlow um, and just, yeah, had a really great time kind of enjoying Spenoma County. Yeah.
0: I saw on Instagram that you checked out Goatlandia. Um, Could you tell folks who aren't familiar with that what that is?
2: Goatlandia was a really cool experience. So it is a farm sanctuary where uh, basically they bring any of the animals that may have not sort of made it on a typical farm. Maybe they were injured or um, they didn't belong there because, you know, for example, the male goats don't really stay on the farm because they don't produce milk. And so they typically are sent somewhere. Um, and so they, they accept some of these animals and kind of just create a place for them to live and, and live out their lives and just enjoy their lives. So we went on a little tour there on that, a lot of the animals and there are super cute goats and lambs and uh, pigs and all sorts of farm animals there. But what was really great is that it's not just kind of like a petting zoo, which, you know, there's a lot of places like that in, in around the U S and around the world, but this is really purposeful. You know, you, you go and you learn about the farm animals and the impact that um, farms have on the animals and the impact that you can have on farm animals by choosing to eat a more plant-based diet. So there was a real focus on, um, you know, how you can improve the lives of farm animals and uh, how you can kind of adapt your eating styles to a p- more plant-based um, eating. Uh, and actually the, the owners of Goatlandia uh, put together some snacks for us, some kind of vegan snacks that, you know, none of us have probably tried before. They were very creative. Mm-hmm. It's a really great experience.
0: That's really great. Uh, Now, you also spent some time in the Tri-Valley region around Livermore. I I feel like not everyone knows that it's a really great place for wine and craft beer. Um, What were some standouts for you guys?
2: Livermore was awesome. Um, I think Livermore Valley as a wine region is definitely lesser known compared to, you know, Sonoma County or Napa Valley even. Um, and it's a gem. There's a lot of great wineries there. And we particularly enjoyed actually the food and wine scene. Um, so amazing restaurants and some really great kind of small cafes and uh, really great um Craft breweries and and we just it felt like the entire time we were just we did a little bit of a hiking in the region so there were, we were hiking and we were eating and we were drinking wine and we were <laughs> eating and hiking <laughs> and drinking wine again so it was a really great, just you know a balanced uh we spent the weekend there so it was a perfectly balanced weekend because that's just what you do Uh uh-huh right
0: (laughs) it sounds like you gave the drinking tea a little bit of a break for this uh road trip
2: yes definitely you know we we do drink (laughs) tea but uh, we keep joking around you know on occasion we dabble in wine and beer as well
0: (laughs) were there any particular places that uh that really stood out for you there
2: well, you know, actually, you you talked about tea. So um, my favorite place to sample tea, actually, on this California road trip was in tri Valley, And it was this um, cute little cafe called the Press Cafe. And they do these amazing open-faced um, toasty sandwiches. And they just look super colorful, like you're eating a rainbow. And at that cafe, they had a really great selection of loose leaf teas. And my personal favorite, currently obsessing over matcha lattes. And they had an amazing matcha latte with all the, um, you know, non-dairy milk choices. So they had the coconuts and the oat milk and all the choices. And they just did an amazing job at that matcha latte. And that went perfectly with our rainbow colored um, toasties that we had. So that was definitely a highlight for the tea drinker and me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's great. What about uh, wine or craft beer? Were there any standouts that uh, you'd you'd send friends to?
3: Yeah, we went to the uh, Altamont Beer Works, so it was a very cool craft brewery in town, uh, with I don't know five to ten different craft beers on tap. Uh, and we would just be able to sneak in there and, and try some of uh, some of the beers that they had on one of the sampling paddles. So it was very cool. We always like trying some some local craft beer wherever we are in the world, because uh, you know every every craft brewery has their own take on what a craft beer should be and what this IPA should taste like or this sour. So it's always good just to see that local flair come in
0: from, from individual regions. Now I hear farm to table dining is also pretty popular there. Any memorable bites to share?
2: So there's a really great restaurant that we went to there called Range Life. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it actually has a Michelin Bib Award. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's really hard to get into. And we were lucky to get a reservation. And they have a really modern fare um, on the menu, very seasonal, very, you know, just focused on kind of what's, what's in, in season at the moment. Um, so we had some, a great meal there and uh, definitely enjoyed kind of the unique take on the menu that they've got there.
0: So after that, you traveled down the coast to Monterey and Ventura. I mean, just briefly, what were a few of your favorite stops that, you know, you'd, you'd recommend maybe I, w- I should check out?
2: So when we were in Monterey County, one of the most kind of surprising stops for us was actually a winery. Now, when you think Monterey County, you kind of think, you know, ocean, coastal, whale watching. You don't necessarily think wineries. Um, and we have right. discovered a beautiful winery that there called Polktale Winery is located in Carmel, and it is just a beautiful place. It's um, 100% organically farmed, um, so their winery is sustainable, and uh, the wine itself is fantastic. But what we really loved about the place is just kind of the vibe of the, of the garden. So you go outside and you get to do wine tastings outside, and they've got this beautiful space with wine barrels, and, you know, it kind of looks like, like, the kind of place where you want to have a wedding outdoor winery inspired Mm -hmm. wedding um and they had a stage and there was a live band and you could order food to kind of pair with your wine flights and it was just a fantastic experience because we actually got to choose different wine flights you know max tried um an old red i tried a little bit of white and a little bit of red and it was kind of felt like a very personalized and it was just a beautiful day and you know the live music and it just was a great experience something that we did not at all expect from monterey county so that was a big surprise for us
0: what about you max
3: yeah so the second day that we were there we decided to kind of drive around the car a bit uh, we went down to uh, point lobo state reserve and that was very cool there's lots of hiking trails down there I got to see some of the uh, seals in the harbor uh, also there's a huge colony of birds uh, you know we're into wildlife quite a lot in photography so it's very cool to take that little walk and then on the drive back we decided to uh, to do the Pebble Beach drive so that's the you know famous golf course that everyone knows that it is but it's a very mm-hmm. beautiful uh, they call it the 17 mile drive with lots of stops along the way where you can see these old petrified, Uh, trees and then some cool ocean shots. So that was a very cool drive that we kind of took back from uh, Point Lobos back to the main city of Monterey.
0: And what about Ventura? Were there any spots there, uh, anything that really stood out to you that you would definitely recommend people go visit?
2: Yeah, Ventura was a very surprisingly fun city. Um, It is very hip and vibrant and just so colorful. You know, during um, the pandemic over the last two years, they've closed down the main street that used to be just a regular you know, street in the city and they made it pedestrian only. So there's so much um, pedestrian traffic there in the street now and everyone's just kind of out and about, dining at restaurants and going to shops. And so we really love that part of town. We spent um, actually both days that we were in Ventura, we spent just kind of roaming around um, the five block closed off pedestrian street, just popping into shops and um, having bites at different restaurants. And I absolutely love Ventura's kind of thrifty vibe. There are so many thrift shops in the city. Um, you know, everything from kind of trendy clothing to baby goods to furniture. Obviously, we don't go furniture shopping, but um, tons of places <laughs> to to check out. And um, there's a really cool shop there called the refill shop. And it's kind of like the sustainable advocate dream shop. You go in there and it's, everything is plastic free. Everything is zero waste and refillable. So, you know, you can bring your containers and fill up on shampoo and lotion and dishwashing liquid and, um, you know, buy sustainable makeup and anything you can think about that you kind of use on a daily basis, they've got it. So it's a fantastic stop. And I went a little bit overboard on my shopping there. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also really great restaurants in Ventura. We actually had a fantastic meal kind of stumbled upon a restaurant called Lure, uh, Lure fish house by accident. And it was fantastic meal. Um, Just a different, again, take on kind of the typical seafood that we see elsewhere along the coast. Mm -hmm. Sustainably sourced. um, but also just different dishes. You know, we had this amazing grilled artichoke dish that we were both just so surprised with. It was it tasted fantastic, and it was just so simple, but so delicious. Um, and there was just a good vibe, and we enjoyed a good a bottle of wine from California with it as well. So it was just <laughs> a great way. It was our last meal of, uh, of our time in California, so it kind of was a perfect way to wrap up the trip.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like it. And it sounds like the whole trip was just so great. Um, Before we wrap up, let's kind of just zoom out a little bit for a moment. What would you say are some other sustainable travel tips you might want to share with people if they're thinking about doing it themselves?
2: So, you know, we always say to people, sustainability can seem a bit overwhelming and unachievable at times. People often think that if they want to be sustainable, they have to like jump fully in. Um, And we always say, you know, don't worry about it. Take it one step at a time. Do this trip just a little bit better than you would do maybe the trip a year ago um, or any previous trip that you have been on. You know, try to pick a hotel that's a little bit more sustainable than the previous hotels you've stayed at. Or if you're looking for restaurants, just try to see if they have sustainability mentioned anywhere on the menu. It doesn't have to be that every single restaurant you go to is sustainable or Every single hotel you stay to is eco-friendly and LEED certified. Um, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in that kind of wanting to do to be perfect. But the best thing we can do is to just take one step at a time. It's super easy to do it in California, which is why we really enjoy traveling in
0: California. Right. Max, any closing thoughts? I think she just stole the words out of
3: my mouth. I was just about to say that it's not always about green. It's it's sometimes just about local. You know, if if you eat some fresh seafood from the coast or you eat your produce from, from California, that, that means it doesn't have to get shipped from somewhere else. So if you're eating local, then you're already doing a very good step uh, towards helping the environment and the transportation of that. Uh, and you're also supporting, you know, the local businesses that, that really rely on, on your tourism dollars to to stay afloat. So it's a very good and a very important step that
0: sometimes gets forgotten. Absolutely. Well, Max, Oksana, this has been really so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now.
2: Thanks so much for having us.
0: Thanks for having us. Oksana and Max St. John run the blog Drink Tea and Travel online at drinkteatravel.com and on Instagram at drinkteatravel. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. Sustainable travel is a big deal in California in no small part because of the state's amazing array of ocean wildlife, from whales and sea lions to migratory birds. My next guest says you can see and learn about all three in San Diego. Ida Collar Vincent leads the EcoTour program at Ocean Connectors, showcasing the area's fascinating ecology by boat, bike, and kayak. Welcome to California now, Ida. Thank you. So, for folks who aren't familiar, what is Ocean Connectors?
4: And we are a small, non for profit that are based in San Diego, and we provide a free marine conservation education for youth in underserved Pacific communities. So, that is National City, which is just yes, south of San Diego, and also in 27 schools in Nayarit in Mexico. And we provide field trips as well as presentations.
0: That's really cool. So in addition to to educating students um, on marine conservation, the general public can also sign up for your eco tours, right?
4: That's correct. Yes. So we have the ecotour program is to involve the public and get them on into the marine environment here in San Diego and teach them about the flora and fauna that we have here. And the really cool thing is that when you buy a ticket to one of our eco tours, that money goes straight back into our educational program that's provided for free.
0: That's really cool. So Ida, I have to say, looking at your bio, you seem like exactly the type of person I want to show me what's great from a marine biology standpoint in a place like San Diego. Tell us a little bit about your background.
4: Yes, I'm a marine biologist. I've been working as a marine biologist for over 17 years. My background is in coral reef conservation, and uh, now I also do this youth education as well as public education. I worked a lot with citizen scientists, so taking people out that are not necessarily scientists by profession, but teaching them about science and having them help with research for marine conservation.
0: Right, And you've done this work all over the world, I take it, right?
4: Yes, I have. I've worked in a lot of different places. I actually did my education in Australia, I also lived in Madagascar, and I then work in Papua New Guinea and the Philippines and the U.S. So, yeah, a little bit all over.
0: <laughs> yeah, So so kind of, you know, having been all over the Pacific and Indian Oceans, uh, the fact that you're in San Diego says a lot about what a world-class destination it is for, for people interested in, in marine conservation.
4: Oh, absolutely. There is a vast array of marine life here that's quite amazing. I didn't even know before I moved here that there's, you know, a healthy green sea turtle population that lives in our bay. So, yeah, mm-hmm, it's, it's mm-hmm. a really rich marine life.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the uh, the individual tours. I know there are a few different ways your groups uh, get around. So why don't we start with the wildlife kayaking tour? Where does it go, and what would I see?
4: Yeah, so that uh, goes out of uh, Chula Vista Marina uh, in the Bayside Park. That's south of San Diego, in the South Bay of San Diego. And there's the Chula Vista Wildlife Reserve that we uh, will kayak out to. It's a really unique environment because it's a wetland that has been restored. And you can see that, like the vast difference from going into the wetlands compared to where it hasn't been restored. Mm. It's just a really rich bird life, lots and lots of different marine birds, as well as sea life. So we, if we are lucky, we will see one of the green sea turtles that I mentioned just before, pop its head out on our way over. <laughs> and then once we're in the wetlands, you go through these small canals of water, And there's a lot of stingrays. So it's a nursing ground for the stingrays. So we will see both the baby bat rays as well as round stingrays.
0: Mm, That's really great. Um, And so, uh, you know, what if I'm not the most experienced kayaker? Um, Is it something that I can still handle?
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't really have to have any previous experience. It's good if you do have some. But if you don't, we go through all the basics before we set out. And everyone gets a little bit of a chance to familiarize themselves with the kayaks before we head across the bay and into the wetlands.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they individual kayaks? Or are you going with uh, two people at a time?
4: There's a mix. So we have a couple of double kayaks. Most of them are individual, but if we have children, we usually put them with a the parent in, right, in a double right, kayak.
0: Right, right. That's really great. So, um, and, you know, for people who aren't familiar with Chula Vista Wildlife Reserve, can you kind of describe, you know, what it looks like and what people will experience?
4: Sure. So San Diego Bay is naturally a really shallow bay, and it used to be wetlands all through it. And the have wished the Reserve, is an area where they have restored these wetlands. So it's kind of narrow channels of water that cut through vegetation. There's a lot of pickleweed and other native marine species that grow there that it's really what the bird life that we see there live on or off.
0: Amazing that you can do that so close to the city, right? <laughs>
4: Exactly. Yeah. And most people don't even know about it. I have a lot of guests from San Diego and they had no idea before they came on this trip. Oh, that, that's
0: funny. That's You funny. know, these wetlands are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you also do a couple of tours by boat, right? So how does how does that work?
4: Yeah. So we have our whale watching um, eco tour that goes out during the whale watching season, which is December to April. Then we go on a bigger boat and we will actually hand out into the open sea on that one. So we Started right down in downtown San Diego, we go through the bay and head out past Point Loma into the open ocean to go find whales and dolphins and other creatures. I think on um, my last whale watching tour of the season, we saw a thresher shark jump out of the water. So that was oh, pretty special.
0: Amazing. Wow. And how long do those tours uh, take? Are you, are you talking about uh, you know spending an afternoon out on the water?
4: It's a morning, they're all morning tours, and the Mm -hmm. whale watching run is probably our longest tour. It will be like three hours, sometimes four hours. It depends a little bit Mm -hmm. on where we find the whales and how far out to sea we have to go.
0: So, Ida, what kind of whales uh, would we see when we go on the whale tour, and and what's it like?
4: So, the most common whale species we see is the gray whale. We will occasionally also see humpback whales, and on a very rare occasion, if we're lucky, we might see an orca as well.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's really great. And what's special about the whale watching tour?
4: I think it's really special that you get to come out and see these whales that are right off our coast and a lot of the time we're lucky, they are curious, we get to see them pretty close up. And then the real special thing when you come on one of our eco tours is that we also do a little bit of citizen science. So we use the whale alert app to record the whales we see that then information that are then passed on to scientists that they can use for their research. We also inform if we see any injured or entangled whale, and that then goes to NOAA and they send out a rescue team. So it's a way that you can partake and be part of the conservation that's happening here in our region.
0: So people on the tour can actually put these apps on their phones and then actually help scientists collect data uh, for the research they're doing and for the conservation efforts that that they're part of.
4: Oh, yes, absolutely. That's correct. And then they have this app on their phone so they can continue to contribute even after the tour.
0: What about the Sea Lion and Harbor Tour? I mean, how would you describe that to somebody who has never gone on a tour like that before?
4: Uh, The Sea Lion and the Harbor Tour, we start straight out of downtown San Diego, and we go out into the bay. It's a really nice tour, particularly for people from out of town, as as well as locals, but out of town, because you get to see the local landmarks as well as learning about sea lions and going to see the sea lions at the Navy docks. So we'll be cruising through the harbor, looking at all the different sites, the Coronado Bridge, Shelter Island, all our local landmarks. And then we also get to see the sea lions when they are hauled out on the docks. And we go through and talk about the ecology of sea lions and the conservation efforts that are being made here in San Diego to protect them.
0: Yeah. So what's something that surprises people about sea lions when you kind of, you know, do your thing, you tell them about the sea lions? What do you find that people are most kind of surprised to learn about them?
4: Oh, I think one of the most fun facts is that, you know, we all have the image of a sea lion balancing a ball on their nose. (laughs) Right. But they're actually using their whiskers and their whiskers are very tactile and they're like hands and they can move them around. So they're actually kind of holding the ball rather than balancing it. (laughs)
0: Interesting. I never knew that. That's amazing. So they can actually kind of move them around and kind of articulate them almost like fingers or something.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's really cool. Um, So, you know, then there's the birding and biking tour. And I know that birders can be very passionate about the hobby. Um, How would you describe the tour?
4: Yeah, so it's a biking tour. Um, We start uh, down by Imperial Beach down in the South Bay again, which is where we have really rich bird life. It's a tour that's for anyone. It's for any beginner. And actually, most of the guests I have are beginner birders. They like to learn a little bit more. We teach you about the bird life we see. And we also use eBird, which is a citizen science platform where you can record your birds and you can create bird lists for yourself as well as providing information for scientists.
0: Mm -hmm. So so where exactly do you go on the tour and, and what's the area like?
4: the start on the Bayshore bikeway. So that's a bikeway that actually goes all around the bay here in San Diego. And uh, we will just do the southern section of it.
0: And do you tend to spot any like rare or special birds that maybe people can can only see, you know, in this area?
4: We do. And particularly during, so there's, the, we have a lot of migratory birds that arrive in winter. So wintertime is a really good time to do this tour if you want to see the migratory birds.
0: Mm-hmm. We then
4: get species that, come here for, to keep warm over the winter. Most of them come down from Canada or the Pacific Northwest,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but
4: also my favorite time of year is actually right now. So like May, June, and that's when the least turn and the Caspian terns nest. So we see a lot of terns, like hundreds of terns in the area. There's a mm. beach out there where they all nest and they're amazing to watch when they fish for their prey because they will hover over the water and then dive in to get the, get the fish.
0: Well, Ida, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now.
4: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Ida Collar-Vincent leads ecotours for Ocean Connectors in San Diego, online at oceanconnectors.org. This is California Now. It's hard to believe, but this is the 75th episode of California Now. It's been an amazing journey so far, and I'm incredibly excited about what the future holds in store. Having said that, we're about to go on hiatus for the summer. We'll recharge our batteries, discuss some cool innovations, plan out new episodes, and reconnect with you in the fall. Talk to you then.